0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Right For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. We have today with Sarah Lockery. She's the founder and CEO at
1: M Content Studio. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. M-Content wow. Studio is so exciting to hear because we just rebranded. So hey, so look at us. Dive right in. Holy cow. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Can't believe I'm already to a point where I can do that, but hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, um. right. Well, so Sarah, awesome. So founder and CEO of M-Content Studio. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about yourself?
1: Oh, oh gosh, about myself. Um, Okay. So I am um, well, first of all, we'll do the personal, more fun stuff. I um I live with my husband, my daughter, my fur baby uh in Morgantown, West Virginia. I'm kind of like a hybrid of um from West Virginia and from Ohio because I grew up in Akron. And um and yeah, so I actually got my start, you want me to go into my background of who I yeah. am? Do it. So I got my start, my career started in corporate marketing, actually, which is, um, and I started at a radio corporation, believe it or not. And then I found myself, I kind of worked my way up the ladder, which was really exciting, Um, made my way to the C-suite, which is, you know, goals, right? I thought at the time, and then I just hated it. Just the office politics often overshadowed the work. It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I'm someone who is not comfortable um, I, I can't complacency scares me. and I was not in a place where I wanted to be complacent. I wasn't happy, and I feel like if what you're doing 40 hours a week or 60 hours a week for some of us, you know, even 20 hours a week, you should love what you do. And so I quit. And in a very, very, very nonlinear way, eventually made myself made my way to content marketing. What happened is I was in freelancing and I landed at a uh, digital marketing agency which was uh, the start of something. Well, that probably was the start of M-Content Studio, honestly. I joined a group of incredible women who um, were running just the best digital agency and taught me everything that I know and gave me all the autonomy that I needed to learn and grow and kind of evolve as a content marketer. And through that process, M-Blogging, um, which was my original one, kind of came to me, which was there really wasn't anything out there that was offering an end-to-end solution for content. When And what I mean is offering the SEO support that you desperately need on a website to creating a content strategy, which is a whole nother topic of conversation, to writing the actual content, to posting it, and then tracking it after to see how it's performing. I didn't see anybody who's truly doing any of that in an affordable way that startups and small business could afford. Mm -hmm. And so I created the solution for that, which was M dash blogging, which now is M dash content studio. And so that was a little over two years ago and here we are now. So I think that's fantastic. And I love kind of hearing the
0: history of how you got to where you are. I think it, you know, adds certainly a richness to the experience that you bring to, uh, to M dash content studio rebranded. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, when you're talking about being an end-to-end solution, you're talking about, you know, the SEO support, you're talking about creating a, a strategy, and then you're talking about, you know, the writing and the delivery as well. Okay. Do you think, you know, there, there are obviously other content, you know, companies out there that are, you know, end-to-end solutions. Talk to me a little bit about how M-Content Studio is able to really differentiate itself.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, One, one of the main ones, because I I talk about affordability and that is a, that's a big piece of it, especially too, because our main audience we do have a couple of bigger companies that we're partnered with, but most of the companies that we work for and with are smaller, they're startups or they're small businesses that are trying to grow. Mm -hmm. And, Quite honestly, you know, you look at some of the, the normal cost for things like this, SEO, for writing, for all of those things, and you're getting into the, you know, thousands, if not higher than that. And so I built this out in a way that our margins work. They work well but I built it out in a way that we can support those companies and be affordable at the same time. And so we have packages that involve strategy for as low as 600 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, when you're somebody who's creating a marketing budget for yourself and that's a, that's a hard thing. That's especially with content. I I'm a firm believer. And I mean, any content marketer is going to tell you that SEO and consistent content in your site is pivotal. I mean, and you should be doing it at the very beginning yet because it's a long journey to get to the point where you can get traffic to your site. Yet at the same time, it's one of the main things that falls to the bottom of the list. Most people will put that and just say, ah, we'll put it to the side. And so I wanted to create something that would be a no brainer. Like we need to do this. We know it. I don't have the time to do it. I don't have a big budget. I'll just pay them and let them take care of it for me. And Mm -hmm. we just run it. We Mm -hmm. run it and grow it. And we kind of we with most of our partners, they give us the autonomy to do that. And then we kind of work with them as we go. The other side of it is we do monthly consultations to continue to support them with SEO. So I'll also do random site audits to see how they're doing. Like, let's change things. Let's pivot. Let's move things to help you. We kind of view ourselves as an extension of the team. And, and really, um, I think the third one for us is uh, quality because Mm -hmm. how another piece of it, which I didn't mention earlier, is I was doing freelancing on the side while I was working at the digital agency before. And what I noticed is I actually worked for one company. I would never mention their name, but I actually worked for one company and they were doing something very similar. Content marketing, very similar to what I'm talking about. Um, Lacking strategy, but pretty much everything else is there. And I have to be honest with you, the content was crap. It was so bad what they were putting out. And the they were shoving keywords into you know articles 50 times and publishing it. And I just thought, this is not good marketing. And and will it get you to show up on SEO for SEO, right? Will it get you to show up on search? Absolutely. Pieces like that will, although Google is getting smarter and eventually you will not be able to do that. But can it be effective? Sure. But the people that I'm working with, these small to mid-sized businesses, these are people who are trying to establish themselves as a thought leader. They're Mm -hmm. trying to show that their product is better than everybody else's. And you're not going to do that with really crap content. So that's the other thing. We kind of arm ourselves with writers. We're almost, my entire team, we're writers first. Mm -hmm. And then the strategy, the SEO, all of that comes after. And so we really pride ourselves on the quality of the work. So, when you're talking about you know creating quality content,
0: can you talk to me about any like guidelines or recommendations that you provide to ensure that you the content is you know engaging and informative?
1: Yes. So, so much. <laughs> we probably provide too much direction. Sometimes <laughs> we actually one of my one of what's funny before when I very first started doing this, I started creating outlines for writers because I felt like it was easy. It provided them direction, and I. You know, had one-on-one time with a client that they didn't have. So I had all this additional context. So what I would do is create these extensive outlines. It was like, here's some H2s. And I would put specific subheadings in there that that one were maybe more optimized or something that the writer might not think to do. Um, And then I would add things to put in each section. Mm -hmm. And I would remind, and we do that now too, remind that every single section they should be walking away with something. The reader needs to be walking away. Is this valuable? Is this actionable? If I read this sentence and it can be removed and nothing changes about the piece, that's fluff. Mm-hmm. So eliminate it. It's not worth it. And so what's funny is we actually started cutting back a little bit more because our outlines were becoming 700 words. <laughs> and we're like, okay, this is probably too much. We could just write the blog from here. Like it's, just, <laughs> it's pointless, but Yeah. So we, instead we created bullet points of like, here's how many times to work in the keyword, but never work it. If it, if it doesn't work, don't make it, don't make it, don't work it in on purpose, make it as authentic as you possibly can. Because obviously we want it to be organic. We want it to read like an actual article, somebody's reading. And so those types of bullet points all the way through, is this actionable? Do you have um, sources that are in the last two years? Don't go far. In fact, find the most relevant source you can. Are you interlinking with other blogs? What are your sources? Because we go into the source, make sure that it's a good resource and it's not just some like random person saying anything. And that's the other problem. When you're writing for the fintech space, when you're writing for healthcare space, you, I mean, you have to make sure your content is accurate and well-researched. And so those are some of the guidelines that, that we start with. And then we, we kind of we give a lot of intense feedback to just to make sure so that by the end of it, though, it's just a, a seamless, you know, we just give you the outline, you write it and then we're done. So it makes it really easy. That's fantastic. And when you're talking about giving it
0: to who, who are you saying, are you giving it back to the client or the writers? Writers. writers. Yes, right. Yes. Our writers.
1: It goes through, it goes through a pretty extensive editing process before mm-hmm. we send it off to the client at first. So eventually we give the writer autonomy to eventually we, we, our whole goal is to get to the point where our writers don't need an outline anymore. And half of our writers don't. And so, and all of our writers, I should say are in-house, we've brought them in-house so that we're not outsourcing all of this. It's very, um, we've, we've been very methodical about how we created this so that, um, the end goal is that we're like, here are your topics for the month. Here's the keyword. And then they go that way they get the autonomy they want and creativity as a writer. And we get our time back essentially, because that's, it's, it takes a lot to edit fully edit a piece and yeah, absolutely. That. Absolutely. And when you're
0: talking about your clients, you mentioned small to medium sized businesses trying to make, I, and I think I heard that right. Talking about trying to make M content studio more accessible to people like you said, who are just getting their marketing kind of going, who may not necessarily have a marketing budget. Did I hear that right?
1: Yes, that's exactly right. So because we do have some people that have, that are more, I, I am partnered with some businesses that are a lot more established and, you know, they have, they just need the support really. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bulk of our clients that we work with are those small to mid size. And I, I don't know that, that, that was on purpose necessarily. Now it's a lot more on purpose because we really enjoy the work. We enjoy kind of building out mm-hmm. a whole strategy with our clients. Um, But I think a big part of it is we're, we are very, we believe in education throughout the process. We believe in helping to like guide them so that maybe they won't need us when they get big enough. You know, We we kind of allow them to see everything that we're working on as well so that they understand the decisions being made. And also that SEO, once you get the basic formula, it's not crazy. It's not crazy to get or to do. It's not as hard as some make it out to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit kind of talking about current trends in the industry in content and SEO. Are there things that you have seen change over the last few years since since you've been, you know, the founder and CEO, different trends and challenges that, you know, that uh content marketers are facing?
1: Oh, yes. So, a big one is um Google. I mean, it it's really that's all it is is really when you take a step back and try to fit what we do in a very tiny little box. Mm-hmm. It's just like, we're trying to make friends with Google. That's it. Mm-hmm. We're just, we want every organization, company, business, everybody that we work with, we want them to be good enough friends with Google so that Google puts them in the top search results. Mm-hmm. And so navigating that though, because Google has been going through a lot of changes and keeping up on those changes and making sure that we're doing everything we can on our end has been um, has been a challenge but it's also it's been good in some ways so one thing that they've one thing that's a big trend and i guess change that's been happening is that um uh google is changing their entire interface ai is coming in right that google's changing that so the question is how much will see seo play a role in that like how can we how do we need to start changing the things that we're doing? How's that going to work? That's coming in like a month or two or a year, but we don't really know it. Another big thing is um, Google is starting to change. Google started to change their algorithm on the length and how, and how um, the quality of pieces, which has actually been great for us. So one big thing is a lot when I first came into this, it was write the longest posts you possibly can and fit in the keyword as many times as you possibly can. And if you can fit the keyword into every subheading, do that because that'll help. Within six months, that was out the window. That's how fast it moves. So at first, we were coming up with something like, I don't know uh, five fancy hats to, to, I don't know, five fancy hats to make you look good. And the keyword is fancy hats and how you would do it is one fancy hat. Number one, fancy hat. Number two, because you're just trying to work that keyword in well, Google got too smart for it. And they were like, Nope, that doesn't work anymore. So then you, we actually had to go into some blogs and take that out because we didn't want it to look, we were inauthentic. The other thing is, make your blogs long, 2,500 words, 3,000 words, make them long and long as possible. In fact, even I think like eight months ago, I was still doing that for some clients who were convinced it was still working, but that's not the case anymore. Google doesn't necessarily put, and when I first started doing this, I was actually telling people that when we come up with topics and where we're writing blogs, we actually have to look at the um, the SERPs, the search engine results pages. We have to look at that and see how long the other blog posts are, because if they're all 2000 words, we're not going to beat them with a thousand. We have to write, you know, 2,500. And that's not the case. We can beat them. We just have to have a better quality blog now. So that's probably been the biggest shift that I've seen. Um, and now we're just dealing with Google's entire interface and analytics going somewhere else. And so trying to figure out how that will alter and change what the traffic looks like coming to the site. Um, but I, I honestly, I feel like the biggest trends are directly, and maybe I'm totally wrong here and someone could probably kill me for saying it, but I think the biggest the biggest trends are, are from Google because they start that like ripple effect and then everybody's trying to like shift to, talk to them again. I mean, you know, you're just trying to be their friend.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's really interesting. And I think, you know, sometimes on, on my podcast, I ask about common misconceptions and I think, you know, that was going to be a question that I asked you, but I think you really kind of dove into that a little bit here talking about people think that Google works one way, but Google is constantly changing. And that's the brilliant thing is that no one has the exact recipe because if we did, there would there wouldn't be companies like us out there, you know, that are trying to figure it out and are doing everything that they can to you know optimize your site, increase your SEO, drive traffic, drive engagement. Um, you know, so I think that's a really interesting point. You know, to to your point about Google being ever changing um, and the need to stay, you know, aware, flexible, um, and you know, adaptable to be able to adapt kind of what you're doing, your strategy to to fit, you know, what what's going to work with with Google.
1: Yeah, and I think it's I think too, it's not it's not a bad thing to look at whatever you're doing, your current strategy and being like, ah, this isn't working for some reason. I don't know why. And being honest about it. That's been the biggest thing is being completely transparent with our clients. Like this isn't working. This strategy might not be working. I did want to tell you about one uh, common misconception that, that it's funny I was watching an influencer because that's, that's the thing with content marketing, what you were saying, you're right. You have to stay up on it. That's, you have to give yourself all the education constantly because it's always changing. Mm -hmm. But I was watching an influencer um, on LinkedIn say something about uh, how he, it's an eye roll. Every time he he hears somebody talk about content marketing and blogs, because blogs aren't part of it or shouldn't be or whatever. And I thought that is so wrong in so many ways. And, and he, his point was like, we've evolved and maybe it's a thing, but it's not really. And it should involve social media and all these other things. And, and so I, I got what he was saying, but I think a big problem in what he is he was saying is he too was throwing a blanket over, over what content marketing and strategy should be. And the reality is it's a, not a one size fits all it depends on the industry. And every time I read an article that says, that's very, that's making a statement about you should do 11 blogs a month in order to really get organic traffic. I'm like, no, that is not, that might be, that might be completely accurate for this one spot and this one industry, this one niche, but that I've gotten tons of traffic with two blogs a month Mm -hmm. with a specific strategy. So I think, Should you be doing other types of content other than just writing articles? Absolutely. You should be. But can you have a content strategy or get it moving and get some SEO with just articles? Absolutely. It just depends on the industry you're in, how much you need the strategy behind it. It that's, that's where all of that comes in. And I think anybody who takes kind of that one size fits all approach, they're going to, they're going to fail eventually unless they're in the exact spot the exact same industry for all of their clients, which just isn't realistic. No, I think you're, I think you're a hundred percent
0: on with that. And I'm curious to, you know, if the incorporation of like audio and video, like how that incorporates how, how you're incorporating that into, you know, driving your clients traffic.
1: Yeah. So, it's funny that you say that. There's two things. One is that just recently, um, Google, and when I say recently, I mean in April, so literally like two months ago, Google stopped indexing podcasts and stopped indexing um, any sort of video on your site. So before Google would go in and they would you know read or listen to whatever was there and then recently it's just like nope we're not doing that anymore so you have to put some sort of content when you're posting that on to the site so that is one strategy that we've like implemented extra when we're looking at some of these things where which honestly we were doing before because we view it as you're you're kind of double dipping a little bit you're able to post this thing that can be optimized a video audio whatever and then you can do a full blog post or or I mean, you could do a description, but it's, it's better for you. It's better for SEO if you do a full blog post that accompanies it so that, A, you're giving your readers you know extra. So if they have time to listen, they will, or they can read it. You're giving them options.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: B, again, you're giving Google a reason to index. And so it can be a good strategy because if you have things like that on your site currently you can go back in, add the content to it, which forces Google to re-index it, which gives you a boost of SEO from that too. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're currently looking at. And then some of our other clients that we've just started building out strategies with um, it, that's kind of how we work it. We, we add content to that if it's going to be on the page. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, and I, I think that's an interesting point that our
0: listeners will, you know, will be interested in knowing. So I appreciate you sharing that. Well, yeah. you know, Sarah, I think this has been a great conversation. As we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, either about content
1: marketing, about M Content Studio, anything you want to leave our listeners with? Um, content marketing in general, I think the one thing I want to leave with, it, or leave with, sorry, is that um, never stop evolving stay agile because that's the problem with, that's when you see, when you start to see what I said, complacency earlier, you can't be complacent when it comes to SEO and when it comes to content. And actually it doesn't allow you to anyway, because if you you know post your site in two blogs and don't touch it for five years, you're not going to see any SEO. So just keep evolving and changing because nine times out of 10, there's a better way and keep trying to find those ways. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that's fantastic. Well, Sarah, that was a great little bit to leave our
0: listeners with. I think this was a great conversation. I appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank
1: you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Great to have you.
0: Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying
1: it, y'all.